Hello and welcome to another episode of Fool's Daily. Uh, I am your host Mike and I am joined today by the man who made me get my bleep machine out last time we recorded. Oh, goodness. It's Matt the Foulmouthed Individual Spooner. Hello, Matt, the foul-mouthed individual spooner. It was the tiniest of tiny swears. Ashley gave me something in that episode to write in the show notes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a lot to write in the show notes for that one. <laughs> I can't even remember what we were talking about. It seems so long ago. Salute. Oh, right, yeah. Interesting feedback. Two different perspectives from two small traders. Yes. Yes, and... Hopefully we can talk to some people and find out. But anyway, we're not talking about that today. No. Today we're going to stir up controversy. Oh yes. Because today is a movie show, and we are going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll Volume talk, two. We'll, we'll probably talk about other movies as well. Indubitably. Um, and um, this will probably contain spoilers. So if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy and you don't want any spoils. Because Look frankly, away now. Well, well, just switch off, basically. Because I'm not going to try and talk about things without giving away spoilers and stuff. So That would be ridiculous. Well, it would sort of be, make it a very difficult podcast to do. It would do. I mean, that bit with the giant shark with a laser. Oh. Yeah, I was disappointed it didn't have terrain shed branding on the laser. Yeah. But there you go. Anyway. So, if, if, do you think they've gone? If you're still listening... It's your own fault. Yeah, generally. <laughs> so, we went to see Guardians of the Galaxy the day after it opened. Um, we did. It was an en masse. It was. Sojourn out for we the combined Marshall Spooner family units. Yes, we took um, your two children, one of my, yes. chi- one of my children... And my wife. Yes. She, she sat next to me. She did sit next to you. Yeah. Couldn't help herself. Of course she couldn't. Fortunately, Mrs. Marshall could. Yes, not once did she stick her hand in my popcorn with a hole in the bottom. Well, because you didn't have the popcorn. No, I just had the hole in my bottom. <laughs> Well, that's always a good thing to have a hole in your bottom. It's sort of what they're designed for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but enough about that. Yes, enough of my bottom. Yes, people don't want to think about your bottom. No. So lots of people have seen um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yes. I quote some of them. Well, I don't quote. I'll paraphrase because oh, I cannot okay. be asked to look quote quotes up. It's the greatest Marvel film ever. It's even better than the first one. I loved it so much that I've made it my wife and assorted other general kind of um, enthusing about the newest film uh, to be released in the MCU. Yes. They're all wrong. They are completely wrong. Did we not see the same <laughs> film? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, are they, maybe there's a are special they cut that they sent to us. What, the, the, the meh cut? Yes. The meh and overuse CGI cut. The Jar Jar Binks cut? Yeah. Oh, that's what we should call it. 
So we stand apart from the masses. Yeah. And it's not as the fir- did. I was going to say, it's not the first time that we've done that. No. It's happened before. Yeah, with When Mad you Max. were all out there sucking the bits of Mad Max about it being the greatest film ever and it's brilliant and it's, it's not. It's a bit boring and, and stuff blows up and then it blows up some more and then there's some more stuff blows up and then they turn around <laughs> and, and then stuff, stuff up. blows up and some more stuff blows up and they're right back to where they started. It's like a Sunday drive with more explosions. It's that interesting. Yes. But, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is not Mad Max. No, mainly because it's they not, don't go back to where they started from. No, but they don't go anywhere else. It, oh, dear. <laughs> Do you want to go first or shall I? About why it's not the greatest Marvel film ever. All right. Or should we intersperse? Let's intersperse. Let's talk about what made the first volume, the now retro titled Volume 1, so yeah. good. And then, because okay. then that highlights all the bits that it doesn't work in Volume 2. All right. First of all, it hit a perfect mix of humour against excitement and peril, in my opinion. Yes. Yep. Agreed. 100%. Um, Volume 2 did not. Volume 2, yeah. I mean, it's it's so frustrating. What peril? That was no peril. We has to fight his dad. Kind of. If his dad is just giant CGI kind of bowl of spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> uh, look in in one the blend the blending with the You character. sounded just like someone out of bullseye then. Oh did I? In one in one. So in, in volume one, the blending of the character interaction is almost perfect for that type of ensemble movie. It, yeah, it was an ensemble it was, origin movie. Yeah, it was as good as the interplay between the characters in Avengers. Yes. Which is still, for me, the top bar of MCU. I know and we disagree, you, we know, I know we disagree to... but we agree on the top three-ish of the yeah. MCU. And so... the difference being is it's an on- Avengers is an on- ensemble piece, but you know the characters already. Yes. It's had a lot of work getting to that point. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 has to achieve that while also introducing all of those characters, their backstory... And develop the interplay and those relationships all within two hours. Yes. By the time we've got to Avengers, we've already got, what, six, seven, eight hours of exposition to get to that point. Yeah, we've had Cap. We've had Iron Man. Yeah. Um, Hulk Hulk doesn't really need introduction. We've had Thor. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you're waiting. But in Guardians 1, it 
it was brilliant. So Dave Batista's character, for example, his little asides about, you know, um, his, his basically not having a sense of humour works brilliantly. Yes. Yes, nothing will go over my head. My reactions are too fast. Yeah. In, that kind of stuff. In Guardians 2, for me, pretty much every one of his lines, and I'm not taking anything away from Dave Bautista because I think that he plays the part really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's no rock, but <laughs> as a wrestler turned actor, he's okay. Yeah. Um, it just felt forced. There's a sequence with Mantis, and I think that, I think that sequence is actually in the trailers. Yeah. Um, where Mantis, you know, is touching them and is reading their emotions and things, which is what Mantis does. And it, you have Drax's reaction to it, and it just seems that it's shoehorned in for Drax to go, ha, 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 you're an idiot. Do you know how I've kind of referred in the past to villain roles, particularly anything with Daniel Day-Lewis in it, being that kind of pantomime villain. Yes. Drax, pantomime dame. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Overplayed. Overplayed for comedic effect. It's a pantomime dame. He's he's one step away from going, oh, have you kicked in my back door? That kind of thing. That was my best pantomime dame impression. That was great. I but, did I did the hands and everything, but I appreciate it's radio. You don't get to see yeah. that. I but, even I even did a pout. But overplayed is actually a perfect description. Another bit that I have major issues with Yondu's arrow. Mm-hmm. In one, the threat of the arrow, you see it a couple of times, and then there's the sequence towards the end where he takes out the. Um, uh, necro, necro people. Yes. Here, it's always oh, it comes the bloody arrow again. I shall kill the entire ship with it. Yeah. Look at my sparkler of doom. Uh, yeah. So, yon. So yonder, and I know why they're giving yonder a lot of screen time because you then have the sacrifice at the end. But it the way you're building it doesn't make you care about yonder. It's it's it's. I'm waving my arms now. <laughs> it's yeah. it's the same issue that I have with Rogue One. Which and you're wrong about, but yeah. Okay, yeah, that's that's fine. I'm I'm willing to accept that no one agrees with me on Rogue One. But you have all the characters in Rogue One who are going to die. You know, if you know anything about movies and how you know everything was it's dirty dozen in space etc 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 you know they're all going to die going in you know everyone's going to die what makes it perfect i use this and i use this analogy i can't remember if i used it in a podcast or i was on twitter magnificent seven okay Mm -hmm. if you've ever seen magnificent seven not the remake the original magnificent seven a shed load of them die at the end okay Mm -hmm. Well, first time I watched it, I was like six or seven years old. I didn't know that they were going to die. Yeah. But they had made me care enough about the characters that when mm-hmm. they, when James Coburn's guy dies and he, the knife flies out and it just stands there waving in the block, mm-hmm. 
I cared that he had died because the film yeah. in two hours had made me care about him. Okay, the film Rogue One doesn't make me care about any of the characters. The whole I am one with the Force guy. I see. I don't even know what his name is. Donnie Yen. I didn't care. Just die mm-hmm. and get on with it. It's I cared same... when Jin Erso died. She was well fit <laughs> and I should have got it. <laughs> She's much more attractive than Daisy Ridley. Sure. Just, just saying. Okay. I felt the same about Yondu. <sighs> I kind of... I didn't mind the trailer. I agree completely. The arrow was totally overplayed. Um, I didn't even mind the, you know, the the backstory of the breach of the Ravager Code and all of that kind of stuff. Almost made him the flawed anti-hero. The whole thing of I was as close as a daddy as you used to have. That just was so contrived and shoehorned in unnecessarily we didn't need it telegraphed that way unless you're and apologies to any americans listening you're a stupid american person we kind of get that it's implied it was implied all all the way through that despite all the horribleness he was the paternal figure we don't need it shoved down our throat we get it but yeah it, it blah this is great because I haven't even got to my worst bit yet. No, I think we should save that. Oh, we're going to save it. I think okay. We're going to save that for the last thing because the other thing that I wanted to, uh, the, uh, the key point which really made me feel very empty about it was even though Guardians 1 introduced a whole new ensemble of characters, it had a plot line which was almost divorced from the overarching story arc that sits behind MCU moving towards the Infinity War. Yeah, Infinity it, yeah it really only had the Infinity Stone at the end, didn't it? And the, and the referencing to Thanos, who hadn't been previously named as Thanos, but we'd seen him at the end of one of the Thor films, I want to say. Yeah, with Loki. Yeah, um, no, I'm thinking about when he picks up the gauntlet and, oh, I have to do it myself. Um, they, you do, you see him in Infinity Stones are around. You see him in Avengers. Is it, the end of it, is it the end of the Avengers where he turns around and he gives the smile? No, that's a later one, but you but do it, see him in Avengers because he, but he's not named as Thanos because um, Loki is talking to him when they're talking about sending the fleet out to um, invade Earth. No, he's not talking to him. He's talking to the other fella. Is he not talking to Thanos at that point? No, he's not talking to Thanos. He's talking into the fellow um, is vaguely annoying, kind of the leader, the, the leader of the Skitari the, the, the thing. Grib, yeah, the, the Griblies, the one that's um, in Guardians. What's his face? Not Thanos, the other one, Ronin. Yeah. Zap zaps with the hammer to shut That's up. That's right. But we do see him, I think, at the end of Avengers as he turns and gives the smart camera. And I want to say it's the end of one of the Thor films. There is the reference of you see him putting the gauntlet on and he might say something of the I guess I'll have to do it myself kind of thing. Yeah. But we know Infinity Stones 
prior to Guardians. We knew that uh, the Tesseract was one of the Infinity Stones. We know that there, they, there are these things. We know from Thor 2 that the swirly thing, the red thing, was another Infinity Stone. So we, we kind of know that. And then there's the reference to the Infinity Stone and Guardians. So there are some links. It, pardon me. Doesn't necessarily progress the story, but links back into the MCU. Volume 2 doesn't do any of that. Unless I've missed something, it's kind of, and I'm doing air quotes, one day in the Guardian's life, a lot of stuff happens, and then they all went home and went to bed. There's no there's no drive on for the story. We kind of, I mean, we referenced it, um, or we made mention of it immediately afterwards, that because nothing had happened in the film that connected it back to Infinity Stones, back to how it's going to reference into that Infinity War story arc or the rest of the MCU, I kind of expected perhaps some of the credit sequence or post-credit teasers would do it there. So I kind of perhaps thought we would see something that would reference Ragnarok because we know that um, the Collector still is alive at the end of... Guardians, because he's talking to Howard the Duck after it's all blown up. We know from the trailers in Ragnarok that somehow Hulk and then Thor find themselves on another planet somewhere else in the galaxy having to do gladiator shenanigans. So I thought perhaps there'd be a reference in there linking it into what's to come or what's going on, but it just didn't. No. And don't get me wrong, I kind of enjoyed sitting there for the two hours and watching it. There were some funny bits that genuinely did make me laugh, some funny references. Um, I wasn't overly bored, but I wasn't as engaged as I have been with some of the other Marvel films. But it peed me off that there was nothing that kind of linked it back in. And I don't know whether that's that's an expectation that's been born of all of the films that have gone so far, that I kind of expected a progression or link into the rest of the MCU. You know, we saw at the end of Strange when, you know, he's sitting having the beer with um, Thor and he talks about, so if I can find Loki and find your dad, then you'll bugger off. So I kind of thought that there would be something perhaps in the post credit stuff to even link it in, but there just wasn't. And it just, it felt a bit empty. I mean, even bloody Ant-Man had some, you know, it had the Falcon in. Yeah. Well, the the only thing that I can think of that ties it back in is that um, Ego explains why Peter could hold the Infinity Stone. Because he's part Celestial. But in fact, we can't, we, but we kind of got that at the end of Guardians anyway. At the end of Guardians Volume 1, when they're talking about having done the test on him and that he's only half Terran and he's half something else. Yeah. They already referenced that, well, perhaps that's why he could hold the Infinity Stones. That's not new news. And even then, during Guardians 2, when we saw Ego's kind of ego juice, for the want of a better term, there was something fouler that I thought, but I'm not allowed to say rude things, spreading all over the varying planets, including in Iowa or wherever it was that they'd been hanging out and all of that stuff was splurging out. No, no, Avenger turning up. No, no, nothing there again to reference a whole, you know, what's going on kind of 
global threat type shenanigans. Just nothing there. So it, again, you know, it just felt me for an MCU film. It left me feeling a little bit empty. It was, it was like a placeholder. Yeah. It was a. We have to. We are contractually obliged to put out a Guardians two. Yeah. Um. But the rest of the MCU is not in the right place for it to do actually anything major with it. You know, there's no other. There's none of the other characters that are iconic in there, like Captain Marvel and things. They're not in place yet, and they yeah. obviously made the decision that they didn't want to introduce them. Unlike in say Civil War, where you know, and they've proven. I mean, Civil War is actually a good example. They've proven that they can just throw characters in there and they don't need to give them backstory. Because they threw Black Panther in there. Yeah. There was no backstory, and then you bore him completely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, they gave us Mantis. Yeah. Um, which was slightly pervy, to be honest. Um, and you didn't... But you didn't get... You know, they didn't give us a Captain Marvel or anyone. Um, they gave us some... The most the most interesting things were the um, post credit sequences, um, but yeah. only if you know the comics. Yeah. Um, if you know who Adam is, then you're interested. If you don't know who Adam mm-hmm. is, then you're going, uh? uh. I mean, like our kids when we came out, they're going, "Who was that?" So was I. I don't know who Adam was. I had to Google it to find out, yeah. see what the hell that was all about. Um. I mean, I was sitting. I was sitting next to Sam, um, Matt's son. Uh, Sam is yes. six. Yeah. Um, his favourite bit was he had two. He had two bits that he really liked. He liked Baby Groot. Yeah. And he liked um, in the big battle where Ego is fighting Star Lord. Star Lord um, turns into Pac Man. That was. Oh bit, yes, he did. That was he the bit where he's, that was that. the bit where he's going. He's Pac Man. He's Pac Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, he did. Those are the bits like, okay, Sam is six, okay? Right, now this is my this is my bit that really gets me. And it was the bit that worried me from the trailers, and it did not, unfortunately... Uh, unfortunately, my worries came true for me. Um, Baby Groot was horrendous. It was... Far, far too overused as a character. Um, it started off in the title sequence when they're fighting the Oh, and the title sequence, God, shoehorning a 3D something in for the 3D viewers. Yeah. <laughs> in the title sequence. Um, and yeah, so there you, was there was an element of right. Here's another. Here's the reason you've paid an extra seven quid. Yes. Yeah. Um, Get your money now because the rest is going to be a bit dull. Um, but as I thought about it, since we've watched it, it's going to baby Groot is Jar Jar. There is no real difference between the two. They're both there for the six, seven, eight year olds who are watching this movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. They do pretty much the same thing. They do stupid things and, um, they act as comedic foils for other characters. Why does everyone love Baby Groot and hate Jar Jar when it's frank, it, they're practically the same character? It's 
Very good question, Mike. Wise beyond your years. That's a lot of years. years. I don't. I don't get it. I mean, to me, it's they're they're the same. Now, if that's what you want, that's fine. But I really felt that the baby the baby Groot stuff took away from the other characters. It it deflected from Rocket. I thought, and I thought Rocket was probably the best character. I really like the the character development that they're doing with Rocket. That he feels he can't be part of a team because he's a miserable sod. Mm-hmm. I um, dig that. I well, I just going to say it, as you can associate it with him. Um, but all nearly all of his pits, apart from the piece where he's defending the ship after rebuilding it, mm-hmm. where you actually see what Rocket can do. Yeah. All of the other bits, he's basically playing a night nurse to Groot. Mm-hmm. And the original, I know the original plan was to, because um, I read an interview with James Gunn, the original thing for Guardians 2 was it was going to be set several years after Guardians 1. Yeah. And so Groot would have regenerated into uh, Groot Group. Yeah. And they they got the reaction the the oh he's so cute reaction to him at the end of the, in the dancing sequence at the end of um, one. Mm-hmm. They went they then he then rewrote it and basically brought the story forward so that Baby Group remained as Baby Group. Yeah. Bad choice. Teenage Group would have been more interesting. That was kind of funny. Teenage group would have been teenage group would have been good, you know, just getting grumpy and, and but you know all of the sullen teen stuff that you could kind but of. But then play. then it's playing against Rocket because Rocket is, is effectively being a sullen teen. Yeah, <laughs> nobody cares about me. I don't care about you. I'm just going to leave then. Slam the door. Yeah. Pouty face. <sighs> we talk, you still talk about Rocket, right? <laughs> I've never slammed a door. <laughs> I was, I was talking about Rocket. Okay. Um, but then you go, oh God, I've just thought of another bit. Um, where uh, Nebula's attacking Gamora in a huge great spaceship and she can't hit her. And she's running yeah. in a straight line. I mean, stormtroopers could have hit her. Yeah, that's true. For a, a person that has been built as a weapon... Should not hit a barn door a million paces, uh, ten paces. She's a terrible shot. But then when, uh, they, and, they, when um, they all crash, they always survive. Yeah, and and oh, we're gonna have a fu- we're gonna hug it out because we're sisters. It was gonna step away from my, my mum was called Martha too. When I came out, I said that I would go and see it again. You mm-hmm. know, in the, in the, you've changed your mind, haven't you? I have changed my mind. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go and yeah, see. It. I wouldn't go and see it again. It. I think it's worse than Ant Man. I think it's. Prob- I think it's possibly the second worst MCU movie. Yeah, because you didn't mind the first Thor, did you? No. 
I think it's possibly, mm. I think it's possibly the second worst MCU movie. I'm just, I'm just doing the, the maths in my head of whether I like it more or less than Ant-Man. You might be right. I may agree with you that Ant-Man is better than Guardians 2. That's a sad state of affairs. It is. The, the, the thing that really gets me... Because the, the reason why we've criticised Ant-Man in the past because it failed to get the balance right between humour and... Yeah. Um, adventure, excitement, peril. Yeah. Whereas if we look at the last MCU movie that we went to see, which was strange. Awesome. It, but it got that balance right. There's a lot of funny exactly bits. There's right. a lot of funny bits in in there. The whole Wi-Fi it's, password bit. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. I still snort when he's when he says it's the Wi-Fi password, but not savages. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's that's just a brilliant line. Yeah. Um, but it has great. I mean, obviously within the confines of a comic universe, great peril. Um, and I still think it's the best origin movie other than Iron Man 1. Yeah, absolutely. But that was great. We, I mean, you and I came out of the cinema watching, having watched that, buzzing. Yeah. I came out of this, and I'm going... Not buzz. Yeah, and even the... I mean, you know, we had... So we had Sam with us, who was six. We had our two girls, yeah. who are 13. And, you know, they there was no... Wow, that was awesome. Okay. It was all, yeah, okay, sort of thing. Can we go and eat now? <laughs> yeah. No, it was... I mean, it wasn't Zack Snyder bad. Don't get me wrong. Is that anything? Michael Bay. Good point, well made. I mean, to be fair, the trailers were worse. Yeah. Because there were trailers for the whatever the latest Transformers rubbish the last night and then the which we both, both lent to each other i think pretty much immediately went which was the last f in film <laughs> um and what else did we have oh the new uh pirates of the caribbean oh, oh just stop <laughs> just whatever you're doing stop We and unsurprisingly, given it was a Marvel film, we didn't get a Wonder Woman trailer. No, but the final one did come out today. So let's, let's just draw a line under Guardians Two. Yeah, we didn't. You're like all it. wrong. We didn't. You're like all it. wrong. It it's it's a bit um, pants. Yeah, I was going to use the word then that rhymes with rap. That. Describes feces, but now kidding? I don't need to because I've described. Is that is that an acceptable classroom class word uh, oh. classroom word though? I don't think that Joel would support it. it probably and that's always the benchmark, isn't it? Probably isn't. I probably can't use it. No. No, it's poo poo. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't particularly keen, but it did spark an interesting discussion in the car the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, about sequels that have exceeded the the first volume. Or the first yes. thing. And there were two that instantly sprang to mind for me. For you, um, yes. Because um, you're predictable and cliched. And you didn't disagree with either of them. No, I know. But they are, they are the obvious choice. I'm just, just saying. They are the obvious. They are, I'm not saying that they're not the obvious choices. Uh-huh. I think I saw the box from time to time. 
Like when you make a like when you make a soundfed movie playlist. <laughs> we'll have to do you know, we'll have to do an episode on our movie playlists. Mr. Yeah. Oh, you've picked all the predictable ones. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> it is still saved on my phone, so we can go through them. You you turn you turn down these ones for being too predictable, but I put them on mine. Um yeah. Alright, whatever. Anyway, the interesting discussion about yeah, about so, so improved about sequels. Sequels that are better. So the obvious, the obvious two that being that being the obvious sheep that I am apparently um, that I went with are obviously Aliens is better than Alien. Now, having said that, having said that, okay, it is a different style of movie. Yeah. Okay. Alien is a horror movie, a brilliant horror movie. Yes. I wish they still made horror movies like that. Though, having said that. The Doctor Who episode from the other night, genuine, yeah. ge- watch it on iPlayer, genuine horror movie moments in it at 20 past seven on a Saturday night. Well, I mean, you say that they don't make movies like that anymore, yet having read some of the reviews of Alien Covenant today while sat in court, turns out that 30 years or 30 30 odd plus years on, they make films exactly like Alien. Is it just Alien? Uh, that's what a lot of reviews are saying of kind of expecting something, you know, new and refreshing, but it isn't. Well, we'll have to go and see it anyway. Oh, God, yes. Um, we should point out that Matt was in court in a professional capacity, not because he was in court for being no, a bad man. Uh, being, being a bad oh. man. I was not there as the accused. <laughs> you just suddenly said, well, I'm I was sitting far- in court today. <laughs> yes. I'm far too effective at cleansing DNA to ever be the accused. Yeah, so just just point that out, that, that Matt, was, yes. Matt was on the professional I was side. working. Yes. Um, and the other sequel... No, 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 no we, haven't finished. Haven't, we haven't finished. Oh, we've not finished. About Aliens oh, and Alien. Because okay. we've always okay. said was that they're very different movies. But Aliens yes. is one of those movies that I could sit down every time it's on and sit and watch and yeah. do that thing that your girlfriend hates of saying all the lines before they say them. Yeah, that did not go down well. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost a classic war film. And when you can call it an action film, it's a classic war film. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And... The last 30 minutes, when Ripley goes down into the... (laughs) Stop it. When she's going down into the condenser to Mm -hmm. rescue Newt, the fact that it plays out real time is... But it doesn't make anything big about it. It's only if if you're a nerd like me and you go, well, that was said that, and how much time... Oh, blimey. (laughs) It's just... It's still... I mean, it is one of my favourite sequences. Yeah, the whole thing because it's just you know, and you've got to remember when this was made. It's eighty-seven. I mean, it's yeah. thirty. It's thirty years ago, and to have a empowered woman character like mm. that, you know, she's an action hero, an action heroine. Absolutely, and probably the first. Yeah, when there aren't uh, any, you know, within that genre. Well, certainly you know, in the eighties. I mean, we're talking Arnie yeah. and Sly. Yeah. 
And, you know, anybody that can watch that film, even having seen it, you know, into triple figures on wagering and still doesn't do a little yelp of delight or a fist pump when she delivers the get away from her, you bitch line is dead from the neck up. Well, and um, jump when the uh, the facehugger is still alive in the jar. Yeah, that gets it gets Esther every time. Really? Oh yeah. Now, and Aliens was one of the films that got us together because she was a big fan of the movie when we when we met. Uh, yeah, I remember you telling me the story. So there's so there's that one, and Terminator Two. Yep. Now, I think the reason that Terminator Two is better is because it had as much bigger budget. Yeah, um, it's 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 it is effectively the same movie as Terminator One. Well, yes and no. It's it's Sarah, it's Sarah and or family being chased by an unkillable robot. Yeah, but it adds some more depth because now you've all, you've got all of that the the kind of. The backstory with um, Skynet and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Yeah, so yes, yeah. you've got that on the surface. You've got that, but you've got all of the you've got all of the development and the exposition of the Skynet story, the Miles Dyson stuff. Um, you know, the whole there is no favour what we make kind of shenanigans. So I, you know, yeah, and it on the surface it is. It does introduce the T one thousand and a running style yeah. that you know. That is just iconic. You see, you, you know, you see it in movies now. That whole oh yeah, fist down. It's still ref. It's all referenced still now when you see kind of something running at you within that way. It there is that conscious. Oh, it's like the it's the T two running thing. Well, even in um, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. She she runs in that. You know the fist, the um, palms open, axe motion, and you're thinking it's a little bit like a T1000. <laughs> yeah, that that almost biomechanical element to that movement. Yeah. yeah. So, so oh, mighty film. So those are my two that obviously sprang to mind. What what are your offbeat suggestions? You know, little art well, house just, films I'm, that you're going to throw at me. They're not, they're not little art house films, are they? But I just thought you immediately went to the two most obvious, more contemporaneous ones. Whereas I am of the opinion that um, for a few dollars more is a better film than A Fistful of Dollars. It is. It is agree. I, I didn't disagree. And But as we said the other day, uh, Good and Bad and Ugly is better than both of them. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I'm not convinced. Oh, well, then you're wrong, I, then. I think The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, is a li- compared to A Fistful of Dollars, is a little bit long and flabby. Wrong. And frankly, all of them pale against Once Upon a Time in the West anyway. Uh, that's definitely his best. I agree 100%. Um, and the other one is um, Godfather 2. Yeah, I think that's a little bit predictable. Oh, no, it is, but it's, it's slightly less obvious than yours. <laughs> really? It's held, up as yeah. a, it's held up as one of the top films ever made. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But, I mean, those are, those are sort of kind of two immediately... Batman, Batman Returns is better than Batman. I'm surprised you didn't say Dark Knight. 
Well, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there just for the argument that you would have about Dark Knight again. All I would throw in your face is Mark Bedford agrees with me. Yeah, but what does he know? He's Nothing quite about- good at drawing. <laughs> there we go! Is that a swear? Is that the word I said last time? Yes. No, I said the F word last time, didn't I? Last time. If you can't say, you can't say. Okay, then I retract my. Sh- well. Now here's one. Then. Okay, go on. Hit me with. Hit me with a. a and a left field choice that you've been searching IMDb oh, for. Oh, God, it's not. It's, it's by, No, I've not searched IMDb. And it's just as we've been talking, it's come to me. Superman 2. Now that I will give you kudos for. That is a very good shout. Because it, it is better than Superman. Yeah. Neil, it's the best. Neil it's, it's the best. Super, it's the best man, Superman movie made ever. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, though I'm, I, while it's not, it's not a good movie, I do have a little spot, soft spot for Superman 3, just because I find Richard Pryor's <laughs> very funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's not a good yeah, film, Richard. but. By no means, but he does a brilliant turn in, in there. Probably his best since, ooh, crazy. Yeah. Um, I've got another one. Oh, go on, I'm exci- this is exciting now. Wrath of Khan. What, being better than Star Trek? Or being... Yeah, I mean, it's not... It's not it's hard, is it? <laughs> no, but it's, it's better. <laughs> and it's still in the original series cast canon of films is by far and away the best one. Oh, uh, yes, it is. Um, yes, no, okay, you can, ha- you can have Wrath of Khan, but frankly... That's that would be like saying, you know, Transformers Two is better than Transformers One because actually, which it isn't, but because <laughs> um, Star Trek the the motion picture, oh my god, yeah, that was awful, and God, it needed yes, it was just a bit, but Wrath of Khan is awesome. Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> you see, I'm one of the rare few that sits with Episode Four being the best of the Star Trek, uh, Star Wars films. And then all of Matt's movie credibility just went down the pan. No, I don't think you'll find it. It will. So, anyway, if you yes. have thoughts about. Um, why we're wrong about Guardians, we're not. Unlikely. <laughs> um, I mean, let's face it. We may disagree amongst ourselves, but generally when we agree with each other, we have our own egos to back us up about being right. Because we are right. We are right. It's not hard. So, um, if you disagree with us, let us know. If you want to put a counterpoint, let us know. Um, and, you know, just generally talk to us. <laughs> If there's other films you want us to talk about, let us know. Yeah. I love, I mean, some of our favourite ones that we do is when we talk about films. So if you've got a particular movie-based topic or a movie that you think that we should talk about, or perhaps one that we haven't even seen that you think we should, 
let us know, and we'll we'll watch it, yeah, and then will. we'll give a little critique on it. We will. I mean, it may be one. It may be one that we've already seen. In fairness, because between us, we have seen all. We have. Now here's a, here's a question: Is Pacific yes. Rim Two going to be better or worse than Pacific Rim One? I'm going to go worse. I think it probably will be, but I'll still love it. And I'm also going to go, and that's going to be like Transformers One, uh, Transformers Two being worse than Transformers One. Because Pacific Rim is not good. Pacific Rim is excellent. There's a giant robot that hits a monster with a ship. With a ship, yes, I know, but that's not a reason that a film is great, is it? I I don't know. (laughs) It's It's not enough to make a film great. (laughs) It's something that makes you go, oh, that was was cool. And then immediately like, yeah, but I care not one bit for what's going on here. It's like Godzilla. Nobody cared. See, I think you're wrong. I love Pacific Rim. Uh, you love you love a good rim. I, <laughs> I've got nothing to say to that. That's what I figured. So shall we go? Let's. All right then. Until next time, I've been Mike. Love him, Matt. Bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. <laughs>